Hello. Hey. You're listening to Ergo. You are. I'm Kiss. I am Dan. And we do something very particular here. <laughs> what would you say we do, David? Oh, throw it right to me. We have <laughs> conversations that humanize folks that are shaping the culture for the more equitable and creative. We did exactly that at our most recent Ergo Live show that happened a couple weeks ago here at the Cards Against Humanity Theater. We had the brilliant Akenya and the absolutely wonderful uh, Paige May. That made it sound like I don't think she's brilliant. I do think she's brilliant. <laughs> she is um, And we had a special guest, a small kitten named Sky. 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 Shout out to Sky. A little Charles Preston intro. Absolutely. The whole, the gang's all here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also shout out to WHBK mm-hmm. and... Windmill Ginger Brew, our uh, beverage sponsor for holding us down with some excellent ginger brew. As well as thank you to our whole crew of associate producers, Ellen, Rosie, Jennifer, Devon, for helping to make the gears turn and make the show go off without nary a hitch. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said nary on the show before. Uh, but it was a great show, and without further ado, let's get to this Ergo Live episode. Let's get it. My check, my check. How y'all doing? That was lousy. That was fucking pitiful. One more time. How's everyone this evening? That shit's weak as hell. Um, so tonight we have uh, a special live showing, live podcast by Ergo. As you know, it's by Daniel and Damon, two of the OGs that I know and love. So I gladly and proudly introduce Daniel and Damon. Give it up for Charles. Please give it up for Charles. So that's why we put him up here, because whatever y'all was just going through, <laughs> we, we, wanted, get that out of the we wanted him to take that on the chin. So we got a little bit warm. So we're building from there, all right? All right. So we got to practice what just happened. We have some very phenomenal people here with us today. And we love them very much, and they are very special to us. So we want them to, to come to a little bit of warmth. So can we practice what we're going to be like, the energy we're going to be at in like five minutes? A little practice? All right. So on three... I'm about to bring up to stage somebody who's really popping. Everybody make some noise. One, two, three. Oh, there we go. All right. We're all moving right. in the right direction. Everybody, welcome to Ergo Live. Yep, yep, yep. That one, that one was on us. Yeah, we didn't yeah. get the, the proper lead up. I'm Kiss. I am Damon. And what we do here is showcase the folks reshaping the culture of Chicago and beyond for the more equitable and creative. We're really excited to be bringing you this live show here from the Cards Against Humanity Theater. Make some noise one time for them. Yes, for the place that you are in. So the, the reason why we do this is because we have been doing this show for like four years now. We have just recently celebrated our 200th episode. We have 206 episodes uh-huh. out in the world. And we've talked to all these amazing world-changing people, artists, organizers. And the idea is if somebody goes and listens to the show, they'll be hearing these people in conversation with each other. But that's kind of abstract. And that's like a lot of homework. You know, Game of Thrones is only like 68 episodes. Anybody trying to go through 206 episodes <laughs> all the time. And their production value <laughs> is just like an incy bit higher. So we want to come here and bring these conversations to you, to you, but also put you in conversation with each other. So folks who showed up, we imagine that you've listened to at least one episode. And raise your hand if you listen to an Ergo episode in the building. Raise your hand if you haven't. Raise your hand if you've not listened to it. Hey, shout out to y'all. Just blind faith. Look at us. The marketing. It is working. (laughs) Bringing them in the door. So we have a couple great guests who we're going to be in conversation with. We're going to get some live performance. But first off, 
we need to get y'all in conversation with each other. Is that okay? All right, so take a deep breath before you have to talk. You came out the house. Hopefully we washed our booty in the last 24 to 36 hours. That's we, generous. I try, to, I try to be radical in my love and acceptance. We also try to use I pronouns on the show. <laughs> well, I, I hope, I felt like 36 was, was enough of a yeah, window. Yeah, that's a window. So nobody would feel judged. That's a bay window. Beyond that, the judgment is warranted. So <laughs> you, could, you could just live with that on yourself if we're at the 39th hour. <laughs> but that's, that's out of love. So you're out the house, you know, and, and a lot of these things are awkward. I've, I've recognized that people who make podcasts, people who listen to podcasts, are kind of awkward people sometimes. We like to like kind of listen to things in our headphones. So we're going to put ourselves in conversation. So if you're not sitting next to somebody, you're going to wind up, and we're going to tell y'all what we want to talk about. What we think is that communication is a political art form, that communication is a foundation of relationships and community, and we are bad as fuck at that shit. As Just a whole in general. Generation, as a society, and so much of the tension that we experience, we can get through, but we don't know how to talk about it, and then it gets more tense, and it gets tightened up, and we gotta just, you know, talk it out. We gotta let some of the air out. We gotta air it out. Like, whether it's at work, in relationships, with family, just tension builds, and the, the pressure builds up and gets tighter and tighter and tighter, and we have to figure out some way to let that air out, but sometimes that looks like conflict, and sometimes that looks like argument, and sometimes that looks like people hurting each other, right? So what we're going to talk about today, together, is what are some ways that we can let the air out? What are some ways that we can be in conflict that aren't hurting each other? Yeah. I just got to get something off my chest. Air Friend. it out. Friend, feel free to, for, to, to jump in with me. We've talked about it on the show a little bit. There is one form of communication that I think is the worst. Oh. And we're trying to put a stop to it. We do a lot of services for the community. We start a lot of beefs with people that y'all don't have to do that work. <laughs> but there's a type of communication. I think a lot of us will resonate with it. There's a lot of wet communication out here, and we're trying to, we're trying to dry it out. But what do, you, what do you mean by that? What do I mean by when something's yeah, yeah, a little something's too wet, a little, little too wet. soggy? Yeah, like wet. W-E-T. White email tone. Everybody get that? Everybody knows what we're talking about. Everybody knows. You were just minding your business. A coworker, a, a comrade, a colleague, somebody with a co in front of it. They're having a bad day. This comes into your inbox. Hello, comma. You they may, know your name. Yes. You may have seen my previous email. <laughs> blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And all this passive aggressive things. And then you got to dry it out, right? It's like, I was right. under the impression that. Under the impression. Can you please clarify? Yes. Go clarify yourself. So what we do is we dry it out. Direct response to you. Right? You, feel, you see what we did there? Little, little, mm -hmm, we, we've mm -hmm. been known to make acronyms over and here. And so the thing about white email tone, for people who may be uncomfortable, is that we're all complicit and we're all responsible. It does not always happen via email, and it does not always happen from white people. We all get a little wet in our day-to-day -day time. <laughs> oh, no. And so... <laughs> And so we, in real space, in our ergo way, want to get a little bit deeper into the theme that we introduced of how do we use communication to let the air out. So recall with your partner, with the person you're sharing with, a time that you were able to reconcile a conflict with love. It might have seemed tense, it might have seemed tight, but you got to the other side of it. How did that happen and what did you learn from it? All right, finish up your thought. So I'm going to share first reciprocity, collective vulnerability. Um, so for me, definitely, like, it starts, like, family-based and in the home. Um, within, like, the last two or so years, like, coming into a sense of adulthood, whatever that imaginary word means, <laughs> um, being able to, to uh, challenge my mother in times where she's hurt me or being able to, like, even challenge my older sister, like, how 
the way she can communicate can affect me. Uh, that was something that like my brain did not know how to do for a very long time. Like if my mom did it, that means it must be okay because she's my mom and what my mom does is okay. And so after getting through that logic and being able to see her humanity and not idealize her anymore and like she struggles, she's limited, she's learning uh, to be able to say like, no, this is hurtful and no, you don't get it. And I'm willing to like sit here for an hour or two and like explain it and work through all the, the tension. So it was really powerful for me because then that gave me a greater strength or power in the world. Cause like, if I don't take shit from my mama, you can't say nothing to me, right? Like th th now I'm not gonna put up with toxicity that is unhealthy to me. I'm either gonna separate from it or now I know I have to address it because if I hold my mom accountable and she can do no wrong in my eyes, just some person on the street. You Who know, can do much wrong. Could do a lot of wrong, do, do wrong in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I now feel more empowered to like hold people more directly accountable. How about you, Kiss, you got anything? Yeah, I'm gonna also with family like realizing that most of the arguments with my brother were where one of us didn't mean a thing and the other person felt it that way and because they didn't mean it or I didn't mean it it became like a but I'm not trying to do that defensive thing mm -hmm. so the tool that became useful for us was like understanding that the impact was different from the intention you know so yeah how about for y'all what did you hear or what did you share uh, and what were kind of the tools or what, what was it about that conflict that was different from like a brawl or an argument? Like what separated that? What made it feel loving? My partner was talking about a conflict that they were able to resolve with verbal communication, which is what you're all talking about. But it also involved another form of communication. Someone bought pizza as like a uh, present and as an expression of love. And I know for me, like obviously verbal communication is efficient and effective in ways that other forms of communication are not. But I, it got me curious about this, like, both and combo. Of like, okay, we can talk about it, but also give me a present. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay, because I hate talking about conflict. So now you can give me a present. And the gift should be marinara-based. <laughs> Just generally, yeah. What else, what else did y'all hear? What, or what else did y'all share? My partner was talking about a difficult conversation in which someone made a lot of progress by through love, being able to like just chill in the middle of an argument and not try to take it forward and just like recognize that that other person needed a second. Even though that second turned into like 10 minutes of walking in silence, in the end, like by knowing each other, that person who was able to chill realized like you don't need to say anything for a second and it worked out fine after that. Yeah, space is really important in communication. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, what else? Let's get one more. Um, yeah, I was actually talking about, um, not familial, but actually a work situation that happened with my executive director um, when she first got hired as the new ED. Um, we started to get really close and we were really cool. And so I, we would hang out outside of work and it was great. But um, there was one day during our summer programming where the company credit cards weren't working and we were trying to purchase food for our young people during the summer. And so it was just like this frantic process of like, how do we get these young people some food? And so I called her directly because I didn't really, all of our other upper management was on vacation. I called her directly because I had her direct cell phone number and she was also on vacation. And I didn't tell her that um, she was on speaker and I learned later that that was a trigger for her. And so it was just a really terrible conversation. There was a lot of defensiveness. There was a lot of like, um, just like upheaval. And it was a really intense uh, conversation, very emotional. And it left a really bad taste in my mouth. And um, 
I knew that like when I saw her the next time, I, I had to say something. And so I went and I said, we, you know, we got to talk. And so she, she was like, definitely, yes, we have to talk. And so maybe like a couple weeks later, we met up and just hashed out like this was what I was triggered on. And then, well, what you were triggered on was actually triggering to me because you came at me in a certain way and like really were able to um, gain perspective and like learn about needs um, and um, be able to say, okay, like from here moving forward, like I will warn you if you are on speakerphone and moving forward, like all you really want is a direct ask for something. If I was just like, hey, I just need your credit card so that I can purchase some food for these kids. She would have been like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you for that. You dried that out. That's what happened. That was that, that wet taste in your mouth. You went and dried it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you know from all the stories we, we heard, um, one like finding space for like common understanding, whether that means knowing that we can't talk right now, we need pizza, we need space, knowing that we need to set up a different time, right? Like you know, calm community with together, mutual understanding, truth and trust are like related ideas, and so once we get this same idea of truth of what we need. That's what I'm hearing. I'm making this up right now. No, I'm with uh, you. Once we get this idea of truth together through this communication tools that we have, uh, that is how we heal. That's how we, we build deeper relationships. Yeah, and it's not like there isn't going to be conflict, right? Like people carry weights. The pressure does build, but we have to figure out, and it seems like these are some, some good entry points into how to be airing, uh, airing that out. So, first of all, make some noise for yourselves. Make some noise. Sharing. That was beautiful. Are y'all warmed up? Are y'all present? Are y'all, y'all ready? All right. Our two guests tonight uh, both, I think, air things out in a variety of ways, uh, in really, both in really beautiful ways, and we're really excited to be in conversation with them. But before we get to talking, uh, we're going to hear a song. Our, our first guest is one of my favorite performers and artists in the city. We've done a lot of work together, spent a lot of time uh, hanging out around that, and I, I've just been so grateful to see all the beautiful things that she's made. She is a composer, vocalist, pianist, teacher, mentor. Folks, make some noise for a Kenya. Between my knees I thought I would only know decay when I was dead But you make wilting something of ease I never wanted to be twisted up like this I think my body might get sick enough and quit I never thought I would be twisted up amidst all the prey that you claim for the taking. You're trying to play me, got me. It's like I'm crazy, uh, but frankly, I don't wanna be around this. I don't wanna stand for your bullshit. Uh, my energy isn't feeling you. You're not healing me. You just wanna defeat me. 
trying to play me, got me acting like I'm crazy. Oh, but frankly, I don't wanna be around this. I don't wanna stand for you. But you keep killing me. You just turn my insides outside one by one, and then you dim the bright side of my attitude. Woman, I'd become. Yeah. Then take my breaking bones as gratitude. I never thought I would be twisted up like this, but I know my spirit hasn't given up, so I persist and resist the urge to sit and reminisce of the days when you lay unawakened. Wanna defeat me? Trying to play me, got me acting like I'm crazy. Uh, but frankly, I don't wanna be around this. Don't wanna stand for your bullshit. My energy isn't feeling you. You're not healing me. You just wanna defeat me. You're trying to play me, got me acting like I'm crazy. Uh, but frankly. But you keep killing me, you just You wanna see my spirit disappear You want my body to disintegrate But I refuse to just with away I want to come to this Decay. I want to make me decay, but I won't, I won't you, you want to break down my faith, Make some noise. Make some noise. No, please make some noise. Wow. You ready? <laughs> I feel special. I have the, the anointed microphone that you were just on. I feel with my germs. <laughs> Do you ever wonder about that? We'll get to like the formal, formal interview, but like, do you ever wonder about like, who used this mic before me? Oh, yeah. I usually either bring my own wipes or bring my own mic. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> but I did neither. So, you know, we live in life on the edge today, baby. It's getting risky out I'm here. Just getting, it all, just getting it all on me. <laughs> all right. Let's start this thing the way we like to. In this time, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? Kenya. The world is treating me, granting me a lot of opportunity. Um, sometimes those opportunities feel overwhelming, you know, when the universe is like entrusting you with a lot. It's like, maybe you have too much faith in me. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you met me? <laughs> um, but I'm grateful and uh, I feel like I'm trying to 
treat the world with, uh, you know, graciousness and empathy. Yeah. So we were talking before you came out here about some of the different ways that we like resolve conflict as humans, sometimes gracefully, sometimes not. And, And so what I was thinking about in listening to you sing is that like conflict between melody and harmony or dissonance, like that doesn't have to be wrong. Like dissonance can sound beautiful, right? So how do you think about conflict between notes or rhythms or stuff like that in music and trying to resolve that or not? <laughs> um, I think life is about the push and pull of dissonance and consonance, right? I think oftentimes we focus on the harmony or um, the release of tension or things being in balance, but there can really be no appreciation or even understanding of what that is without the opposite. So as a musician and as a person, try to appreciate conflict because um, it's usually in those tense moments or those tense areas of life where you learn the most about yourself, your threshold uh, for what you can and can't tolerate, what does and doesn't trigger you, um, which will often reveal to you things about your inner workings that you may not be aware of. Like a speakerphone type situation. Otherwise, yeah. I think the world shows you yourself Mm. and that does not always look happy or like peaceful Mm. um and i think the same thing goes with music yeah i I appreciate appreciating those moments that make you deeply uncomfortable so that you can um grow from them and learn from them as well as the moments that bring you satisfaction even that song is an example you know I've, i've had conversations with you about like the inspiration and and what what you were writing about and how that's almost even in conflict with how the audience is receiving the content, right? Um, and so how through your songs or through your work do you air out in ways that even may be hidden? Just letting it rip and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and letting it land how it lands. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've been writing for a really long time and I know that as a young person, so I, I wrote... Um, poetry a lot and kept a journal and that was like my personal writing or my personal expression and also wrote songs but I felt like those had to be more universal or vague or even had that concept at a young age of like is this going to be a a, have appeal you know pop appeal or marketability or whatever I I know what kind of like 11 or 12 year old things like that but I did (laughs) Um, and as I got older and just kept writing and, and kept kind of blending those worlds of where like journal entry and, uh, songwriting meet, it just got progressively more vulnerable. And I realized I actually made the music better. Mm. I think for me, it's kind of non-optional at this point. I guess I could write a very generic song if I wanted to pretty easily, but there would be really no satisfaction in that. And I, I don't really think that would be true artistic expression. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it's become the ultimate and only way to really make art that's worthwhile, not just for myself, but actually for the people receiving it too. Because mm-hmm. people can intuit that, you know, even if they don't know it, the exact perspective of where you were when you wrote it, like they're going to resonate to what is genuine. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that like the universe kind of shows you who you are. Um, and so we first had you on the show episode 33 and we're at episode 206 now um so that's that's a minute ago we were what do you think we're doing right now (laughs) this is the booking process (laughs) 
<laughs> but I'm curious, what has the universe revealed to you about you between episode 33 and episode 206? You don't want me to answer Let's that Let's pick a question. couple things. We'll oh, take a piece. What? I mean, I do, but maybe you don't want to. <laughs> How many years ago was that? that long, long ago. No, like three years. Yeah, we're talking 2016. Now. Yeah, yeah. Because I know it's been a bit of a... That's a, a heavy question. What has the universe revealed to me about myself in the past three years? <laughs> or... What you, what's you that saying like that? Yeah. You're right. You know what? You're uh, absolutely right. That is an unfair A lot. What, Nothing. What, <laughs> I'm exactly the same. Folks, thanks for coming out. So let, let, let's put it this way. What's something that you know now that three years ago you didn't know that you're glad you know? Um, how do I want to phrase this? both the breadth and the depth to which I can experience emotion. Hmm. I had an experience unfold over the past two years that actually kind of just ended. I can't call it a relationship because it never was one, but it was like... I, I we, we know. Up, we know the vibe. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up having a spiritual awakening because of it. And um, it's one of those like once-in-a-lifetime things where someone like completely... Um, changes your life and also something about that experience kind of kicked me in the high gear of setting me on my path mm. i'm really grateful for that oh my god how was i 23 when you talked to me last time yeah. that person didn't know anything about any of the things that, and yet we, and yet we talked for gone. an hour about you and you said really cool stuff <laughs> i know um i know <laughs> yeah so talking about like yeah. riffing on jazz yeah. <laughs> And honestly, I feel like the way I experience people and the way I experience the world and the way I experience art, like everything, it just, it was, a, it was one of those experiences that just like raised the vibration of everything inside of me, which mm -hmm. was also very scary and very uncomfortable because it happened very rapidly. So, so, so we, we can use that situationship as, <laughs> as inspiration or we can go beyond it, but like as little or as much as you're comfortable. Was there any points in there that there were examples of like a, a radical loving communication that helped manage or address conflict or disalignment? Yes. Misalignment? Well, Misalign? Y'all know. I mean, we're not in communication anymore. So okay, all right. ultimately, <laughs> the, 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 I guess the amalgam of conflicts just kind of brought it to an end ultimately but yeah no there were there were definitely a lot of times there was a lot of love in this situation yeah. it was just it was just insane like it just wasn't i don't know it's hard to talk about because it's yeah, still yeah. kind of fresh yeah, but, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. but yes there were many times where i was like when you do this thing you make me feel like this or like you don't care about me when you do this or say this and she would kind of get defensive, but then also, like, I think because there was a lot of love, be receptive, but also ultimately, like, couldn't let go of those things that <laughs> evoked the defensiveness in the first place, which I think was just a lot of, like, inner uh, wounding that needed to be resolved that I wanted to help heal, but realized I couldn't. Yeah, yeah defensive, de defensiveness is a motherfucker. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, can we just collectively boo defensiveness once? <laughs> we don't have to, but that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> no, no, no. You want to do it? We're going to finish right. that. Three, two, one. Boo. <gasps> now, defensiveness Perfect. is wet. <laughs> defensiveness is, that is the. Or wetness is defensive. Is defensive. A white email tone for those in the back. Who the just, got here. just got here. <laughs> oh. It's also just like such a obvious ruse. Like any of those surface level hmm. emotions, it's like this is so obviously just a reactionary 
response. Yeah. This is not what's actually going on. Yeah. You know, you use the language spiritual awakening, which yeah. perked me up. Oh. Um, <laughs> Dig it. And so, you know, what does that mean for you? And when I hear awakening, when I think of wokeness, right? Like to me, I equate that with vision and perspective and like seeing the world with different lenses. Yeah. And so now that you are spiritually woke in a certain way, uh, what are you seeing? Damn, y'all. We don't fuck around at <laughs> Ergo, Thursday at noon. This is intense. Therapy, this is like, Thursday at one. But it's like a public therapy session. Yeah, 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 like, that's unfair, yeah. Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me break that. How, how am I experiencing the world post? And you know what I mean? You just I'm, said spiritual awakening. I'm not post-spiritual awakening. I'm still in the, in the midst of it. Yeah. Like, And I don't know that there is ever... I think we have several different kinds of awakenings. This one was just particularly shocking to the mm, soul mm -hmm. um, because it, like a lot of emotions were being transferred in this very intense way. But like I said, really understanding my own emotional capacity. Like I was the kind of person like, Oh, I have friends I've had for years who've never seen me cry. Like I'm not a crier and thinking that meant that I was tough and strong and whatever. And I cried so much with, with, to about four yeah. over this person and like that revealed all of the things because ultimately it wasn't even it was bigger than the situation right it was like you are triggering things in me that i have right. not been dealing with or that i repressed or whatever it just like opened your suitcase basically. exactly and so the floodgates came out and it's like oh so i guess i learned also my capacity to really hold things for a long time <laughs> <laughs> um and also yeah the fact that I, I have the ability to to feel that intensely is profound is yeah. like a profound thing it's not like i was dead inside before but you know what i mean you just like you you go through life you're coping with things you're not you can't process things also just become it, coming into my adulthood like you start to be able to process things that yeah. may have happened to you when you were super young that you could not possibly process or really understand at that time i don't yeah. know i'm still dealing with it for sure well i want to say <laughs> thank you for we didn't, you know, we, I didn't, we know didn't expect, we going, uh, none I didn't of us knew we were going to go this deep. And thank you so much for your vulnerability and like sharing that Thanks. with us. And we're backstage talking about emails. <laughs> yeah. You know, thank you for being here. Thank we're going to have a Kenya back, you back up. in a few minutes, but everybody, please, please make a round of applause for a Kenya. All right. Have you, have you had any spiritual awakenings? The answer is no, but I'm going <laughs> to throw it back on you. Uh -huh. So I watched you this past week yes. have what looks like a spiritual awakening. Yes. You want to you tell the time. people? So it was my birthday this past Saturday. Um, Calm down. It happens every year. <laughs> yeah, you all have one. Uh, but this year, I don't know if anybody who like really listens to the show and like listens for Easter eggs, you will know that like I have this inner hippie in me. Uh, <laughs> And so I've become in like the last five to seven years like a really big advocate of shrooms. Uh, and so I got like, I guess this is illegal and it's going to go on the internet, but fuck the power. Um, I got two ounces of shrooms and like told all these people like, yo, I'm having a little kickback, right? That's a test. For anybody who knows, it's like, so who smokes weed? Everybody, right? So you kind of, well, no, but you know somebody who smokes weed, right? Like, so an eighth is 3.5 grams. So think about that. An ounce is eight of those. So that's like. Is this that like scammer wrap? Yeah, yeah, about? yeah, yeah. So I, I was giving people like half an eighth. <laughs> and we were busting. And so we got into like this great spiritual journey and we had drum circles 
and we were dancing to Meg the Stallion and the Baby. And this is what I saw Damon do for like an hour and a half, just blissful, unable to speak, and just not losing a downbeat. Just like consistently, I was like, "There's some God in there." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's some sort God of spiritual something. Now that we aired your your mushroom, we, we're airing it out. All right, so <laughs> we're gonna keep this show going. Uh, up next, we have another phenomenal, phenomenal person, um, an organizer, a leader, uh, a lover of many life forms. Mm-hmm. We had her on the day after those of us who have been like movement affiliated responded to the Laquan McDonald video release. So that was two days of really hectic like direct action and a lot of people got arrested and people got beat up and we're still like dealing with like the, the legacy of that time. Uh, and we were just able to like just the two of us come chop it up on Thanksgiving. Uh, so there's already like genocide in the air and it was a really like, <laughs> it was a really like great and like healing experience that we, we've had her on since. Uh, but she's an amazing why, person. Does anyone know why that was? Genocide in the air? Uh, it's America, you know, that's what we're breathing. <laughs> um, but is an, uh, somebody I look up to and admire greatly and is a co-founder of Asada's Daughters. Everybody welcome to the stage, Paige May and special guest. Oh my God. Sky the Baby. Everybody, this needs a separate round of applause. Sky the Baby. All right, for listeners at home. <laughs> get, you, get you this mic. Before, before we check in, well, I'll take it off for you. There is a, how many pounds would you say? Have we hit three pounds yet? I don't know. I don't know what that, I have no you're idea. Not, <laughs> oh, you're one, of those, you're one of those metric users. So, so, about, yeah. so before we get. less than 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So before we get started, tell us the story, because we were getting ready for today. You called me with the most page phone call of all time. Yeah, I was like, hey, how you doing? What's up? Everything's cool. And then I said, I'm running late. And that is true no matter what. And then I said, also, I have a kitten that was just dropped off to me. And so how late I am depends on your answer to this question. Can I bring him? Um, And so this kitten appeared in my life today. I was uh, with one of our young people uh, to pick up a school uniform. And I got another call from a young person. Um, It's part of the work. And this young person calls me up. And he's like both clearly excited and panicked. And he's telling me that he's found a kitten. He does not want to touch it, but he doesn't know what to do. And I'm like, you have to get it inside, and then I can take care of it and find it at home. And he's like, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. It has fleas. It does. That's gross. Whatever. Um, there was a, just a collective. I just felt everyone well. pulled like, back in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't like, that Someone's like, all right, the I'm going to next. are way more interested in this cat than any of us. They're like, next time I'm listening to the podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Funny thing, so this is also, this is Chief Keef's nephew, by the way, that's like calling me about this cat that he's found with his friend. His friend is Saquon. That's funnier than y'all yeah, are laughing. That's, I know. I, that's like the best part. You got a phone call I'm glad today. y'all appreciate it. Chief Keef's nephew called me. He was like, I found a cat. What do I do? And I was like, pick it up, put it in a bathroom, and then I'll, I'll come and get it. And um, These so then I. love so, so. Oh. Um, so yeah. I apologize. <laughs> um, we can follow that. So yeah, uh, this is Sky. They named him. Um, and my favorite part of the whole story, well, okay, there's two parts. Number one is that I want to be that neighbor that you call, like Zalil calls me one when he needs help, two when someone has been arrested, or three when he finds a cat. And I just think that's like the best, like I want to be that person for which, anyone in this room. Which call do you assume it is when you see that? I need car. help with something that <laughs> probably involves like a bus pass or I lost, like I lost my mom's so if, important if, thing. If we move closer to the world we're imagining, you'll be able to assume that it's a cat that was found. Oh, that's a hard question. Mm. I can't agree. I don't, <laughs> what is most likely is that 
It's very hard to catch cats, actually. This is a much more We saw that during the interview. <laughs> For those listening at home, the cat got out Twice. and ran under yeah. the stage. And this cat likes me. Most cats that I meet, and I try, I've tried to get many cats, and they do not. They're like, girl, you need to walk away. I'm a kitten out the fucking zoo, kitten. <laughs> I really no? appreciate it. <laughs> All right, how has the world been treating you? And right, right, right. Um, when she was walking, we were like, they don't want to talk about like spiritual awakenings. We got to just do like no. our parody raps. Yeah, all right? yeah, yeah. No, but there's there's something exciting though because because we're trying to find. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, this so is yeah, a public if you service. Wanna, if you can give a home to this kitten for the next twelve to twenty years of your life, it's a responsibility. It's a, it's a it's responsibility. A it's an expensive responsibility. It's a long term commitment, and that's probably why this kitten is like outside right now and was found in the alley. This near... feels like we're doing like a pledge drive. There, you know, there's a reason why they exist, and it's a, anyways. Um, but yeah, he needs a home, and I have tapped out my social network because this is like I don't even know what number cat that I have had. <laughs> so if you are serious about it, for sure, like hit me up. If, like you can find me on Twitter, or you can just stay back and talk to me. Um, you, I am going to keep this cat for a week because I promise not only. Chief Keith's nephew, but the other person who grabbed him. And no, this is my favorite part of the story was he, I've never met him before. And so it was kind of, it was this weird exchange, right? We were both like geeking out over this kitten together, which is a weird way to bond with like a random teenager from your neighborhood. Um, and then he was asking about like, what is this program that the other person is in? So I was describing it a little bit and, and I change it how I talk about it, but I was talking about how we sort of take the personal experiences and make them into a larger political framework, right? And then work together to try to change our political conditions. And he's like, oh yeah, like when we found the cat. And I was like, this cat shouldn't suffer. I can help this cat. Why don't I help this cat? Right. And I was like, exactly. Welcome mm. to Asada's Daughters. <laughs> like, <laughs> boom. Um, and that was, I, so I'm great. Like yeah. I've had a really hard year, but like moments like that keep happening where I'm just like, fucking life is phenomenal. And <laughs> I love this city and I love people and I love especially young black people and kittens. Mm. So yeah, I'm good. I'm solid. So I like the, the this is like a teachable. What a great story. Yeah, no, <laughs> just like a teachable analogous moment for you. You're like someone who, I think just from the conversations and seeing the work that you've done, you spend a lot of time helping people see systems, right? Mm -hmm. the people, you, like you said, connecting people's personal experiences to analysis of systems. Are there any systems that you're still f trying to figure out your like analysis of? Or like things that you were just like, I don't understand how this is working? Because like, I think sometimes people are like, you know, like when I said the thing in the air, you're like, well, this is America. Right? It's like, what are the things that we don't have an answer for in that yet? Of like, oh, well, that's why this is the way it is. That is a beautiful question. Um, that I will not even pretend to like have a perfect answer for no, right now, but I am. I promise I'm going to think about this. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, yes, I think every question we have, we don't have an answer for. The, I, I tell young people all the time, like, if, if you meet a room full of adults and they tell you they have the plan for our liberation, run away. Like, someone that tells you they have a blueprint for how the world should be is full of it. Like, we're all, yeah. like, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, we have suggestions for ways forward, but, like, you don't have the model, yeah, right? No, um, uh, I know questions that I'm really interested in are around, like, what does it mean to be a human, right, in a world of full of beans? I won't talk about octopuses yet. But um, no, let's there, go there. <laughs> Tell us about Can octopuses. We go there? Yeah. Thank you. This is an, um, this is an octopus I safe space. I love this podcast. No one asked me about that. No one did, but you're allowing it, so I'll take it. Um, Paige, tell us about octopuses, please. <laughs> Will you? 
So that's even deeper. So I'll say why I thought of octopuses is octopuses, uh, cephalopods in general, are really extraordinary for many reasons. Um, I think why scientists are particularly interested in them is that a lot of times when we talk about humanity, part of how we understand ourselves is our exceptionalism in terms of our consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. um, we are struck with this question of like, is there other life out there? Is there other consciousness out there? And in fact, there is on this planet and they're cephalopods yeah. and they represent an entire branch of consciousness. It's happened twice. In the life that we can study, there have been two mo like trees of life that have developed consciousness. Mm -hmm. And one is us and another is cephalopods. And both us and cephalopods recognize captivity and resist it. And I think that's really extraordinary. Um, there's a famous yeah, octopus yeah, yeah. named Charles who, <laughs> <laughs> right? um, who was like fuck this, this is stupid. It, so it, 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 they were, had a study of it where it was trying to get it to pull different levers and see if it could recognize the patterns of what levers did, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, it, it broke all the levers. And then when it fed it, when they gave it the fish to do perform the thing, it took the fish and spit it at the lights to break the lights. Mm. And then the lights went out and eventually they had to give up the experiment because it was too expensive because they kept having to replace the light bulbs. And Ooh. they're very expensive <laughs> light bulbs. <laughs> so anyways, I think that's fascinating, right? Like it's a whole other possibility of what consciousness might be. And their brains, like every arm is a different brain. There's so much about them that I think is really fascinating. They're extremely introverted and antisocial unless you give them LSD, um, which is a study that they and, did. And then they and never then lose like, the downbeat. Oh my God. Let me tell you. What a great birthday. Yes. <laughs> right? Um, and they're probably going to take over the world with climate change. They are doing very well as climate change continues because they have such a short generation cycle. Mm. Wow. Here's um, one more octopus yeah. story of escape that I had, I had read about and I wanted to make sure I was factually right, so I just fact-checked myself. So at the <laughs> New Zealand National Aquarium, Inky the octopus got into the like water vent system, like shrunk down in between the grates of the vent, went through the sewer system and escaped into the ocean. They're brilliant. Like they're yeah. they're brilliant in a way that we don't even can't we don't have grammar or like legibility yeah. for in mm -hmm. certain ways. Do you know how extraordinary it is for a thing to recognize you? They recognize you. Wow. Like mm. not just your lab coat, you. And they're like, I don't like you. I'm squirting at you. I think that like they have they're petty, <laughs> they, have beef. they have attitude. <laughs> I identify <laughs> so strongly. So I mean, that's actually let's let's make a metaphor out of that, like we're prone to do. Um <laughs> This idea of of being on display, of like resisting captivity, like I, th I think that story resonates with you because the way you've moved in the world has like mirrored some of that. And so even in like personal conversations, I've heard you talk about some of the discomfort of like the the aquarium glass of like the black activist leader, right? And so I, I think AD Asada's daughters, for those who aren't hip, uh, <laughs> AD emerged, you know, at some really powerful intersections at a really like fertile time, you know, led by black queer feminist leadership, centering youth. So it was a lot of like, hey, look at them feeling. And, and right. I've, I've heard or I've seen some of the like discomfort of the pullback or somewhat of like a, a spitting at the lights. Yeah. And so how has that felt? Have you readjusted? How have you been spitting at the lights a little bit? Yeah, I've just been retreating. I've been the octopus is like, I don't want that food. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> Which is also a thing. A question that I've been thinking about. So like Greta, this young, yeah. uh, white, brilliant organizer or, or activist uh, fighting or sort of resisting climate change is like in the spotlight. And every time I see her mentioned on my timeline, it's negative. Even if it's like people that are like, fuck climate change, like, and it's a real problem. Like there's still this sort of 
harsh critique of hmm. what feels like of her, but I know is sort of like this this frustration with like what it means that she's getting all this attention when there have been, you know, Flint still doesn't have water and there's right. been lots of people doing it. Right. One of the things that's been lifted up is, that I've been thinking about is like, well, why, why is Greta given this, this platform? Right. And um, in the same way that like when black people get killed by police, why do our deaths go viral as this sort of like in the name of like getting the truth out here, here, you just needed to see this and suddenly everything right. will be okay. And like, there's something about there being this like young person who's out here saying really brilliant things. Like I have nothing negative to say about her, but like, why is she even being given this platform? And so I, I'm very self-conscious of like the why I get so much attention and get asked mm. to talk at things. And I try to be, to acknowledge the realities of like, there's not okay reasons why that might, that is happening. I'm, and especially when it comes to like, like I came to Chicago on a temporary ambition, I'm not from here, and a lot like I organize young black people from Chicago. Like I will never have experienced that. Like there's nothing I can do to ever experience that, and so I'm just self-conscious, and and I, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to be self-conscious in that. And then on the other flip side of that, there's also ways that like yeah, there's this there's a whole set of forces that seek to co-opt, and there's a whole set of forces that seek to get a gotcha moment, right? And I'll, I just love that there's a kid in my lap. I'm sorry, I like can't really Sleeping concentrate on what we're doing. Because like, oh my god, um, it's a podcast too. So like, this is totally lost. But wow, this oh, we're getting like a stretch and a curl up now. I just can't. You got to bring an octopus next time. To really <laughs> I know. Can top that. I know. You think Chief keeps nets? You got a or his cousin's got a line on an octopus? <laughs> no, it, it, he, if he does, he he's got a line. It's not that nephew. If he does, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Free oh, it. None of us believe in cages, but yeah. So I just like stages are weird. Um, and and, and I, I'm combining two questions. I've been looking a lot into like the MST and the, the Brazilian landless people's movement. Right. And I think it's of significance. That, like I was like that was the second protest I've ever been to was a, a landless people's movement in the middle of the Amazon. And I remember the people I saw on the stage and they immediately disappeared into the crowd once it was over. Um, and you can Google MST all day and you won't find the page may. They've been in formation since 1988. They're using language that we use now, like the, we are a leaderful movement, right? In the Portuguese word, version of it, right? Uh, and there's all these It's like leaderful. <laughs> exactly, the now. Um, Portuguese is a funny sounding language to me, I'm it's, sorry. Yeah, it, uh, it's beautiful. Um, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I think that that's of significance and I just am concerned. I mean, we have like the Ford Foundation, the MacArthur Foundation, like all these things. And like he, people I really look up to and genuinely admire and respect just won the MacArthur. And I, I'm not mad that they won it, but I'm also just like, what does that mean? What is the tool of our oppressors that seeks to normalize what we're doing? And 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 it feels like a, a method of, it doesn't feel good. Um, I'm very, very critical and or skeptical of like platform. Mm. Um, and in my experience of the last few months of just like not being on social media, I feel a lot stronger in my organizing personally. What has been stronger in your organizing not being on Twitter? You focus on the people in front of you. Doesn't matter how you can sell it to the rest of the world. Doesn't matter how you justify what you're doing, right? It's a pivot. Pivot. And I and, and you I still pivot. have moments of being tempted to take that photo and then I'm like I can take the photo, but I'm not but like I'm not going to post it and then it it doesn't was that the most important moment of the day? Probably not. Yeah. I just realized how wet Twitter and Facebook are. Ooh. There's a lot of white email tone going up and down <laughs> those threads. I, have, yes. I haven't been really active on 
those two platforms specifically for like the last three years and uh, it resonates for me i would say facebook is the training ground of white email tone like that's boot camp yes it's like it's like get this post it's like the open mic of white email tone it's like let me check and see see (laughs) see how people feel um so let's you know go to this this kind of theme we're working through tonight of have there been times where communication has effectively whether it's interpersonal whether it's more like you know structural political group body formations whatever feels the most pertinent in your spirit of there being some type of conflict or some type of misalignment that communication lovingly got us to the other side so i've been in the back hanging out with this cat and thinking about this and trying to come up with examples i feel comfortable sharing publicly and i think most of my examples I found were about myself, right? And moments where I was the wet communicator <laughs> and I was just like, fuck this, let me just call, right? Two things you have to know about me. I have a hearing condition where I cannot hear out of one ear. So it makes it really hard for me to talk on the phone. And secondly, I hate phones also. Um, and so I don't like talking on them and I prefer texting. And working with young people, it's just not, especially in Chicago, like I think the FaceTime thing and how incessant it is is like, not everywhere, but I don't like it. Um, and I have an Android now. But anyways, uh, I think we got an Android clap over there. Did I hear? Yes. The question was, did you get an Android so you wouldn't have to face <laughs> Oh, this was, this was tactful. Reason. And oh no, I can't. Yeah, you I are, you are like, a good strategist. I'm really over the FaceTime and the liking and the all. Like I was just like, oh, Android does not do that. I can't believe I admitted that out loud. Uh, but anyways, a lot of like this summer with young people. So for folks that maybe don't know, Asada has borrowed space for many years and finally had our own space, and then we lost it this at the start of the summer, and so we ended up having to operate out of our garden and we had we had to like really scale down our programmings and focus on just the 21 young people that had summer jobs signed up with us right like the highest expectation um and these are 21 young people only one of which agreed to do the garden which has bees and plants and is outside and it was hot a lot this summer and it was not it was a lot like it there i was pressed like i had some moments where i was like oh and it my. wasn't cute hot neither no no no. it, it was, was like it was musty hot it was musty even we were when we would go into my living room with all the adults like 24 people with the little air conditioner it was just like it was gross and teens and outside have kind of a tricky relationship wouldn't you say <laughs> i'm at teens that are comfortable enough to tell you what they honestly think outside when it's 110 (laughs) degrees and you're like hi it was rough there were a lot of rough moments and and there was a lot of rough moments forced through those environmental conditions but then also just like then it was also for some of our young people it was this very weird formation where we had we added boys programming two years ago but there are some young people who had been in our teen programming and left for college then so this was their first time having like an integrated experience and so there was like two years with toxic masculinity is that a lot so there was just like a lot of bullshit that was happening to be blunt and just like a lot of like messed up dynamics and and people would after program kind of text me about stuff like things that they were frustrated with um and we would communicate over text and I think it it came across as just like pacifying or just like being like I remember a moment where I was having the guys complaining to me about how I'm t- I privileged the girls in their words. I privileged the girls too much. And then, some language. <laughs> right. And then I have an anonymous feedback thing in my bathroom. And there was a comment that was left. Because pe- that's the only bathroom we had this summer was my bathroom. So people... And so someone had left it and it had been like shit talking. You put a suggestion box in your bathroom? Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
and kittens. Um, and it was like, you're too nice to the guys. And I was just like, this was early on in the summer. And I was like, we're not, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to survive this. Like, I need this to work. And it was through circle, period. Like, it was just by normalizing. Like, it was like, we do this every fucking day. Every day we start with circle and it's a, sometimes it's a disaster. But like, we're going to take it seriously. And the Friday circle matters and we're going to talk about it. And I don't have a plan for this. I literally, there was a Friday where I just was like, I don't know what questions to ask to get at the thing. So literally, what do you want to say? And that was the only question I asked. And it went around a few times. And by the end of it, it was like a dream. It was like, the this is why circles matter. Like, put it on a postcard, sell it to the Ford Foundation, fund it. <laughs> Here we go. So uh, before we bring Kenya back up, you know, we've, we've had you on the show twice. And like Damon said, the first time was right after the Laquan protests. And it was just the two of y'all kind of like deconstructing in public and figuring out how to make sense of this new moment. And then we had you on a couple, maybe like six months to a year later and just talked about you. So I'm going to ask you the same question that we asked Kenya, which is what's something that you know now about yourself you didn't know then that you're glad you know? We didn't ask you about your spiritual awakening, so you can't be mad at it. You might as well Or your well situationships. Have. Yeah, you might as well have. I know at least one person in the room is, like, aware of how hard this question is. I have learned I am not great with conflict. Um, I've learned a lot about that. And I've been really humbled in the last year especially. I hide behind my, like, introvertedness sometimes, and I think I'm, I'm – better with people than I realize. Um, and I think one thing lately that I've been thinking a lot about um, is how, I mean, I, again, I moved to Chicago, not planning to stay, but to do food stuff and farming. And I was working with an organization called Growing Power. And that's what brought me here. And I was working on this garden in Cabrini when there were like a few of the buildings left. I'm in a very full circle moment where I feel like it doesn't feel like I wasted any time. It wasn't like this weird, like it wasn't like an unnecessary detour in it by any stretch, but just like, I mean, my first tattoo is a spiral because I think change happens in spiral where it feels like you're going in circles, but really you're moving up or you're moving down, right? But like much of my life, my parents and bless my family, they're just like, what are you doing? What is this? And I'm like, just don't worry. They'll be fine. I trust myself a lot more um, and my interests and they they, they make sense. Um, and I, I, I love people more than cats and I didn't know that about myself a year ago. I'm sorry. Wow. I love every I love Because you things. privileging humans over cats. <laughs> we all have contradictions. This is fine. But love also the English language only has like a f doesn't have enough words for love. Is there one in Portuguese you could throw at us? You don't have to speak Portuguese. But I know. I'm, I'm like, actually, like, I, yeah. the other day I was looking at all the words in Portuguese for love. And I could, but I, like, there's not, it, it's not, it doesn't apply. Like, I could, but I'd be, like, really stretching it. Um, I trust you a lot, so I'm going to choose to believe you that that's the <laughs> What are the odds that you were looking up <laughs> Oh, the I'm learning, I'm relearning Portuguese oh, okay. right now. Okay. And I was, like, struck by this song. And they have a word for I love you versus I have fallen in love or mm -hmm. I am in love with you. Yeah. We don't have that. All right, I'm going to throw one last little question and follow up off, off this Portuguese thing that's become real. I think so much of our verbal limitations in communication is English is a really fucked up language. It's yeah. really like messy and like bastardized and super violent. And so has there been something in even like however many days or however many weeks of attempting to expand your linguistics that has like helped you understand mm -hmm. communication in a different way? Yeah. Can I share two things? Yes. Okay. 
One is this word formasal, which I still am trying to understand what it means. There is no direct translation. It's used in organizing spaces especially to mean like the process of developing a political consciousness. Mm -hmm. But it's not political education. It's mm -hmm. like it's like a word that acknowledges like the cultural implications and the the relationship in the community and that it isn't just about knowing things, it's about living the thing, right? right? And so it's like a very full word that like I've seen over and over and we don't have a word for it. We have like whole 12 pages about and they have a word right um and then there's this other thing which i don't even know the word i was actually i was talking about the mst in brazil and portuguese as much as i can these these weeks and so i was talking to an organizer who actually organizes around palestine so he was he was like oh did you do the um because i had visited a, a encampment of theirs um and he said this word uh, it sounds like magic it's like Mystical, mystical, I think is the word. Um, and it me it's like a thing they do to start any kind of gathering where you ground yourself in the intention of the experience, but the person facilitating it cannot say when it starts or when it ends, but it has to be clear. And you cannot name the intention, but you create a, an experience that grounds you in it. And you do not get to explain it. And I just thought that was dope. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wow. Shout out the MST. Yeah. Shout out, I didn't know we were shouting, but yeah, yeah. shout out the MST. That's right. People yeah. are doing it. Yeah. yeah. All it's over happening. the world. It's yeah. beautiful. Everybody, make some noise for Paige May, who's going to stay seated right here. And we're going to welcome back Akinya to the stage. Sky woke up for this Sky woke segment. up, but yeah. welcome everybody back. Akinya to the stage. Hey. I can't believe that Sky napped through that whole conversation. I'm, like I'm allergic to cats, guys. I'm going to like... <laughs> we can, we can switch spots. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't... So we've been talking a lot about communication and conflict and all heavy and everything like that, but we want let, to... Let's get back to the, to, to the wet email for a moment. Do either of y'all have an example from somewhat recently in your life or something that sticks in your mind of like a particular instance of white email tone that reared its ugly head? It could be in an email, could be online, could be an interaction... I have no threshold for that at all. <laughs> like, I get a lot of things that are in that vein, and I usually just bypass it and contact the person directly. <laughs> like, for instance, and this is pretty benign. So I teach at a high school, and we had a performance last Saturday. And it was outdoors, and it was raining. They didn't know if it was going to rain or what was going to end up happening. And the performance was set to start around 2 and the kids are coming from all over the city it was at one. And I got this this text that was like, okay, we're going to make a rain call at noon and let's, you know, hope for good weather. And I was like, noon? No, y'all need to notify me so I can notify the kids by the morning whether or not this performance is happening. Because how are you going to make a, a, a call about whether or not it's happening an hour before people are supposed to actually be there? I thought that was insane. And, you know, I, I just didn't want to be like, oh, yes, let, no. no no, like, no, we're not doing this. What you're saying is that it was a wet message about wetness. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Folks, give it up for a great. Miss May, have you had any particularly wet correspondence? 
So I I shared with the young people the young people one that was like my thing because I have I share too much and I don't want to get in trouble. This is not the place yeah, yeah, yeah. to share these stories. So I'm gonna stay in that story and keep it there cool. where I fucked up and was like. I just need to have this direct conversation with all of us instead of trying to have these like weird after it happens over phone conversations. So before we get out of here, um, we want to introduce, this is a brand new game. We've only played it twice on the show and it's our first time with an audience. Uh, Dame, you want to give the preamble? (laughs) For those who know, we've been doing some, some really important work here at Ergo and we've been holding people accountable in these streets using beef as a tool. So for about 100 and maybe 75, it's a rough Oh, no, estimate. not this. No, no, no. no, no it's no, it's updated. Don't worry. We're moving past. <laughs> Y'all have done this to me twice. <laughs> and, and, that, and now we're going beyond for those who do not know. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, we played this game. It was about a sect of the world that had run amok in my lifetime. And we here at Ergo Radio, we're taking a stand and we're allowing it no more. And that sect was indeed R&B singers. But so much more in the world has run amok than just R&B singers. And we have found a whole new category. So we invite y'all to play after we ask our guests. Are y'all ready to, to hear who's run amok now? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so bad at games like this. I'm from Vermont. <laughs> this, one, this one is accessible. This one is widespread. This one reached Vermont. Our new game at Ergo Beef Radio. Beef of jazz singers. <laughs> you could go there if you want. Beef with the 20th century. Any person, event, historical occurrence, policy, pick I something know, I from the 20th you, century and start beef with it. Because I don't know if y'all know this, the 20th century ran, ran amok. amok. The 20th century, if, if we have another century like the 20th century, we're going to have to start counting over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that's what we're saying. Whoever's like, left, if the 21st century one. is like the 20th century, there won't be a 22nd. So... <laughs> We're holding the 20th century accountable so here. So anything from the 20th century that you want to start beef with, person, place, thing, event, idea? Well, like my rational mind like went to Jim Crow and like, you know what I mean? Like things mm-hmm. that are obviously very shitty. Bang, bang. But then my like more levity inclined self went to like really bad fashion trends because there were so many... <laughs> Um, I don't know what to pick. I mean, this is a whole Chris Cross did have grown men wearing their pants backwards. <laughs> if that's not a muck, <laughs> that Chris a Cross muck. with a belt it. and everything. <laughs> the daddy Mac will make you. <laughs> Damn, you y'all. Can pay, what's one fashion trend? Okay, I, I have mixed feelings about fanny packs. Ooh. Ouch. Ooh. Mixed is, feelings. Conflict that was a jab with love, people. At conflict with love. Yeah, as well. Right. And then that's the thing. Like we you said if the 21st century is anything like the 20th century, then we're fucked. But there's so much coming uh, back. It's actually weird. There's this weird like grasp mm-hmm. at trying to resurrect things, whether it's TV shows or fashion trends or whatever, from what's wild for me to watch century. is watching people turn the 2000s into the 90s. Like, remember it used to be like 90s parties and it's like, oh, we're going to like, now there's like 2000s yeah, yeah, parties thing, and that is blowing sure. my mind. Yeah. I also, I'm thinking about butterfly clips. Y'all remember them shits? <laughs> oh. and you don't fuck would, with butterfly clips? They would break off. I love the idea of them, but mm. like they just let me down consistently. Mm. So it was the distance between theory and praxis. That did yeah, it man. And then like the paint would chip off of them yeah. and then they just, I don't know. 
We're coming for you, butterfly clips. You know, that's a, that's I, that's enough. adequate. And then so Jim Crow, <laughs> fanny packs, and butterfly clips. That's how my brain works. Paige, what do you got? What came to mind for me are artificial fertilizers and pesticides, and then cell phones. And when did gender reveal parties become a thing? Is that, is that <laughs> I think that's, the twenty first? Okay, Seriously? I hate those. I really yeah, I don't think and I, I hate that I know the that they happen and that I know like eighteen examples of them. I really hate that. Yeah, really that's that. new. Yeah, but that beef stance. Really? Yeah. That's a new like someone in the I, last fifteen. That's, that's years an Instagram like, thing. Let's, like, People wouldn't do that before y'all were oh, broadcasting. That makes are we in consensus? So make dumb. some noise if you think that gender reveal parties. Make some noise. Make some noise if you think that gender reveal parties are a twentieth century thing. Yeah, you were gender revealed. <laughs> Wait, no, people definitely did do that at baby showers, like right. But then you would have a the, baby shower, but a whole party that was it, the, the center. Oh, they still have different. baby showers. That's yeah, yeah, just this the whole is a separate, separate party. party. Oh fuck, I didn't even know that. That's, seems purely for the internet, which is why it's probably twenty first. But like that whole yeah, no one was doing the it. whole like reveal of the gender. I just. I hate that, and that's not how it works. This is some solid that. beef. Yeah. Hold on, we got a hand. Yes. Shout it out. Yeah. Yeah. So what we heard was Michael J. Fox uh, Elvising uh, Johnny Be Good. Oh, yeah, Elvis. Yeah. Oh, that's Elvis cool. did some Elvising. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw in the DEA and the CIA. Uh, but just also a little decade analysis. I wanna know if anybody else is so it's wild that like the, they're turning the two thousands into the nineties, but I feel like I looked up one day and like the nineties became the seventies. Like when this I watched the podcast where we learned that we got old. <laughs> when I watched The Fresh Prince <laughs> or I watched Martin, it felt like watching good times and the Jeffersons growing up. We getting old as shit, y'all. <laughs> any, any, any last any last beef before Anyone we want to throw one out, out here? you didn't answer you got any i have an unpopular opinion and this is i think i have beef with cats but that's musical? not 20th century specific. the musical because it's trash oh cats are musical. that's not a fucking the, the, that the is literally cats, the musical though that is not. Oh, <laughs> all right I, I see a few more audience yeah, 20th century throw one out there? let's get them popcorn style yep. what do we got Disney, Disney movie, movie culture. culture. Come Boom. on, man. The color got? of fresh shit. Right over there. What do we got? Everybody should watch The Lion's Share. Sort of. Hold on. Everyone, like. Multi level marketing The schemes. Pyramid and Silicon Valley. Nice. Let's get two more. What do you got? They did. Murder of communists. Yes, the Red Scare. <laughs> <laughs> we, got beef with the, we got beef with McCarthyism. <laughs> and, all right. What do we got? <laughs> Digimon. Digimon is ass. I feel you. I feel you. And what do we got? Digimon is not Pokemon. Little Romeo was not Little Bow Wow. They tried to pull that shit. Wait, 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 wait. But I hate all but, off-brand shit. Wait. Yu-Gi-Oh. No, I was just about to say, what about Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh is off-brand. You didn't have them cards. You know you had them fucking cards. I did not. I was protesting actively. He has them fucking cards, man. It was off-brand. And what do we got? Last one. What was Shopping it? Malls. Shopping malls. What an absurdity. Beautiful. <laughs> this has been meaningful, fantastic. <laughs> really just warm my soul to hear beef with McCarthyism and Digimon in the same conversation. This is why we do this. Where else would you get that? <laughs> All right, let's check out. Everybody up here, a word, a sentence, a feeling, something that's sticking with you, something you're, you're thinking about before we get out of here. I'll go first. Go ahead. I want the record to show 
because it didn't show up on audio, that at one point, Paige, you laughed and your hat fell, and both Damon and I caught it without looking and then put it back on your head and rolled with it. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I want credit. I just want it to be in the archive. Wow. In the archive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, it's my turn. I really love ginger beer, and that a word for myself. My thinking is like, anybody familiar with the idea of like dialectics? Like it's not one or the other, it's both all the time, and we keep working with that and it never stops. So a, a lot of, I think, the things we were talking about that, that fucks with our communication is being defensive, right? But we also don't want to be offensive. And so like, how do we reconcile the, the defensive of offensive dialectic and communication? And like, how do you just be cool, you know? So that's where, that's where I'm at. I'm surprised by how well I sang my song tonight. <laughs> why? Why you shout out to you? One time for that first and Like while I was singing, I was like, I sound particularly good, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like in the middle of having an allergy attack, so I was really surprised by that. Are we blaming Scott a baby for this allergy attack? <laughs> you know, is this that little right kitty? Now? He don't know. Is this, is this a call in? He's just. Huh? Are we calling Sky in? Calling Sky in instead of a call out he for is the not cat. Stop. Right <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. Sky is getting all the love. <laughs> all right. Do y'all have any announcements or any place that y'all want to be found? Where can work? folks find your work in the ways you want to be found? I am a Kenya music on pretty much everything. It's like Kenya with an A in front of it. Um, sometimes saying that actually does not land the way I want because some people don't know that. Uh, that's a country. Um, so, <laughs> or how to spell it. Um, but hopefully you do. And uh, yeah, a Kenya music. I think our listeners know. Um, also, a Kenya music.com. And uh, I'll post, um, you know, things about upcoming performances, projects, things I'm doing. Would love to see you all at future shows. Yeah. Paige, how about you? Any other work you want to shout out? Yeah, Asada's Daughters. It's a thing. We do what we do. And you can look at what we're up to there. I am less and less active online. Um, so I highly recommend looking for what we do there. And then also No Cop Academy is like an on is an effort that is in closure, but is like another place to look for active, like current demands and, and work. Um, but we're gonna have a lot more coming up around displacement because Washington Park is like we're rap we're like beyond losing grounds. Um, and so I'm really excited for like citywide efforts to address displacement. We wanna thank uh, the Cards Against Humanity Theater for having us. We wanna thank our wonderful ginger brew sponsors, Windmill Ginger Brew. And thank we wanna thank so our squad of associate producers, Ellen, Rosie, Davon, Jennifer. We wanna thank Sky for coming through. Yes. And uh, we want to thank all of y'all for thank coming out and being you. in conversation with us. Uh, I'm at Ergo Kiss. I'm at Damon underscore AF. We're at Ergo Radio everywhere. And we'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of the city for the more equitable and creative. Much love to the people. Peace. This one's for you. This one's for you. I'm smiling and you
Hey, Dame. What's up, Kiss? I want you to meet my friend Miriam here. Hey, Miriam. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Miriam is my oldest friend in the world. The whole world. And she is a devoted podcast listener. Are you? I am. Oh, well, that's love. I don't even just, I don't mean our podcast. I just mean podcasts in general. Okay. I love podcasts. How, how do you usually find your podcast? What do you listen to them on? <sighs> the iTunes mm. app. Yeah, I know. Very basic. You're not thrilled with it? It isn't the best. Well, the good news is we actually have a recommendation for you. Oh, yeah? Well, Ergo is sponsored by Overcast. It's an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. Man, it's for the people. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it free in the app store where you get all the other things. That yeah. You're going to yeah. check it out? Sounds amazing. Cool. We won you over. Look how effective this ad is. <gasps> yeah. Pay, pay us more money, folks. <laughs> that's that's advertising in action. You see? Works. <laughs> see, that's how good we are at selling things. We're doing this. Hey, yo, Harold, hit me up, man. I am an advocate and I can market your stuff because look how great we just marketed Overcast. We just gave an ad for them and an ad for us. I think it's time to get the fuck out of here. Let's do it. <laughs> 